welcome back to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I chat with small business owners and early career professionals, and we discuss their journeys, their stories, their perspectives, their pieces of advice. It's always a fun conversation. And with me today are the founders and owners of SantaKind, Miles and Martika. They created a convenient and reusable hand sanitizer dispenser, and they also sell their own hand sanitizer that's made with clean ingredients. SantaKind actively helps reduce single-use plastic around the world, and they have helped thousands of people obtain hand sanitizer during the pandemic. Miles and Martika share their very unique journeys and stories, and this episode is a fun one. We tell a lot of fun stories, and they also have great pieces of advice for other business owners. Martika and Miles are also offering our listeners 20% off their first purchase with code COFFEE20. That's C-O-F-F-E-E-2-0. Thank you so much, Martika and Miles. Now, before we dive into their journeys, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also follow us along on social medias such as TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support and happy listening. Now let's hear from Miles and Martika. Miles and Martika, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having us. This is exciting. Thanks for having us on. I am really looking forward to this conversation. So like I do for most episodes, would love to just hear SantaKind's mission in your own words. Give us a little background on the business. Just introduce us to it. Absolutely. So SantaKind started under a different name called Disinfect Connect. And we started this organization back in March Remember when there was this crazy new pandemic and people were getting sick in China and no one knew what was happening. So it moved over to the U.S. and there was this huge panic and people were hoarding toilet paper and soap and hand sanitizer. And I started to look into an idea that eventually became SantaKind but was trying to source sanitizer and realized that there was literally no sanitizer out there. So I ended up getting a phone call from my mom telling me that the nursing home that my grandmother was staying at was out of hand sanitizer and they were needing some and she knew that I had been looking into it. So what I ended up doing was getting in touch with them and realizing that they had about 40 residents that all were in desperate need of sanitizer and they couldn't get it. And I reached out to a local distillery that was starting to produce sanitizer and I happened to know the owners there and Two days later, we were able to get this nursing home sanitizer, and it was really great to be able to help tangibly and quickly a Mm -hmm. bunch of people who really needed something. But quickly then after, it was pretty obvious that this was a really widespread problem, and what we ended up doing was creating this organization called Disinfect Connect, and we were able to help about 34,000 people across the U.S. get access to local sanitizer made by distilleries. Wow. Yeah. And what was cool about that is it was, it was really, you know, the biggest issue was distilleries not being able, they were getting thousands and thousands of emails every single day, but the nonprofits, hospitals, 
you know, nonprofit nursing homes, the most vulnerable, they couldn't get through and distilleries couldn't handle, you know, just all those emails. So Mm -hmm. it was really cool because verifying all of those vulnerable populations enabled distilleries to get them sanitizer first. So from there, Miles invented the mini as a response to all of the plastic that was being created to keep ourselves safe from COVID. There was all this single-use plastic progress that had been made in the last three, four years. Sort of started with straws, which uh, we'll get to in a little bit. I'll tell you about my experience with plastic straws. But with Sanikind, uh, I had gone out and sourced a material. It's ocean-bound plastic from a facility in Haiti. They also collect in Mexico. And prior to what ended up becoming Sanikind and prior to the pandemic, was working on a project that was using this plastic. And then the pandemic came through and put everything else on pause, but uh, I had already found this great source of material. Mm-hmm. And so what we did with Sanikind was use this material that I had already sourced, had already gone down and visited and verified this company. And we were able to make a really sustainable sanitizer solution. It's refillable, uh, no single-use plastic. Our packaging has no plastic in it. So it was really, we wanted to be able to provide an amazing sanitizer experience for people, but keep it absolutely single-use plastic-free. That's a really interesting origin story. I loved how it evolved right from problem statement to the next problem statement until you ended up with Sanikind. Yeah, I would never have thought about the plastic of a hand sanitizer bottle. That is such an interesting problem. I'm glad you guys picked up on that and wanted to solve for that. Oh, totally. Well, you know what's crazy is plastic, it never goes away. Mm -hmm. All of the plastic that's ever been created, ever, is still in existence. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just, it's wild. So so solving something like this, it seems like a small thing. Like, you know, it's just a little plastic bottle. It's only mm-hmm. two ounces. But that's never, ever, ever going to go away. You multiply right. that by 12, you know, 20 over the course of a year times however many people, right? It actually, it really adds up. That is interesting. And it's, yeah, wild how the pandemic made hand sanitizer so valuable, right? And mm-hmm. And people are now mass producing it. Yeah, I never, like I said, I just never would have thought before, oh, yeah, that comes in a plastic bottle. Yeah, no, it was all these rollbacks of reusable bags you couldn't bring mm-hmm. into the store anymore. Everyone's seen masks littering the street. You know, it was this whole switch back to single use. And what we wanted to do was really bring a solution that was better than the single use alternative mm-hmm. and extremely sustainable. So when you guys say distillery, one, I am not sure what you mean when you say that. I need a definition. And then two, do you guys partner with with a distillery or do you make your own hand sanitizer solution? So kind of two questions there. Yeah. Um, so by distillery, uh, these are alcohol distillers. So okay. uh, manufacturers of vodka, gin. It, oh, wow. Really the, the base ingredient in hand sanitizer is alcohol. Mm-hmm. And what happened during COVID as everything was ramping up was the Food and Drug Administration allowed distilleries to start manufacturing hand sanitizer. Oh, interesting. Usually distilleries are not making hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, and that was one of the big issues that we solved with Disinfect Connect was there were these two industries that needed to rely on each mm-hmm. other. It was medical and then distilleries. And typically right. you're not having a distillery, you know, shipping bulk alcohol to hospitals. So mm-hmm. figuring out how to get these two organizations and types of businesses to integrate and, 
uh, have a seamless integration was really something that we're able to solve very quickly with Disinfect Connect. So the larger producers of sanitizer at the height of the pandemic were typical distilleries that are mm-hmm. used to making brandies and bourbons, but they switched <laughs> their entire production over to hand sanitizer. Wow. Um, so that was one of the... Uh, the jumping off places. And then with our product, uh, we were sourcing it from distilleries. Okay. Uh, so what we're actually selling right now is distillery made hand sanitizer. It's top of the line. It's, you know, artisan made hand sanitizer <laughs> um, from distilleries who, uh, who switched over and uh, ended up manufacturing this mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. And what was important at the time was, you know, people, while there were, we were all trying to help small businesses, right. And you were seeing these distilleries, which normally, had, you know, what they were working on had to switch so quickly and needed to do so and ramp up. And it was really amazing to be able to help them and other people seeing other people wanting to support them as well. And so now the Food and Drug Administration's probably peeling that back and we'll be sourcing our sanitizer elsewhere. And of course, it's evolved. In the beginning, it was, let's just, everyone just get sanitizer so we can protect ourselves. We use the World Health Organization's recipe. So it is, it does kill COVID. And now we're seeing that people really want something that has a scent to it or, you know, it doesn't, our our sanitizer um, doesn't dry out your hands and it's Mm -hmm. not sticky, but people just want a nicer sanitizer. So we're excited to, to roll that out too. But what's really cool about our product is, so it's the dispenser itself is really what we focus on because Mm -hmm. that's where it makes the impact, but it's really convenient. So one ounce fills it and that is 450 sprays. So you don't have to fill it a lot, but that means it's TSA friendly um, and it's really convenient. It attaches to your keys or, you know, your diaper bag, your purse, your kid's backpack, and it's really fun. So it's super fun colors. We have five colors right now, but we like to say that we want to be the swell water bottle of sanitizer because we can do these really fun prints. So like we can do a a tie dye or a polka dot or a marbled. And that's the, that's like the really fun part that we're excited Mm -hmm. to continue to, to roll out. And then with the refills, we use aluminum instead of plastic, of course, but that's one of the most recyclable packaging options out there. It's infinitely recyclable um, and we can do re- subscription based or just a one-time purchase. So it's really, we've reinvented the way that we we consume and, and experience sanitizer. Yeah, this is fascinating. I, I'm loving this background and you describing your brand. And speaking of your brand and your products, I love when people take something so common like hand sanitizer and modernize it, right? Like your brand Mm -hmm. is so clean and just has that really modern, fun look where people do want it on their keys, right? Because it's modern and is stylish and looks great. And I love those types of companies. And you guys did just that with hand sanitizer in a very timely manner too, right? With the pandemic. Thank you. Yeah. You know, there's like nothing, You we all feel that subtle doomsday of using sanitizer. You know, mm-hmm. you're like walking in the grocery store and you have the pump there and you're just, it's, it's kind of fear-based, right? You're trying to like prevent this crazy virus, but actually it can, it's going to be part of our life ongoingly right. and, yeah. you know, this flu season and, and what have you. And, and, you know, my nephew, he's eight and he's obsessed with his, he thinks, <laughs> this, I think partially he's a little biased for sure, but he keeps it on his backpack and he's just yeah. so pumped to like to use it he remembers to use it and there's nothing like having to dig to the bottom of your bag and touch all of your belongings before you actually get to your sanitizer right 
So yeah, it's cool. We're we're excited. We can't believe that this is what's happened. I think both of us are like, we never would have expected that we'd be here together, but Mm -hmm. here we are. And how did you guys meet? How did you come to be in business together? Were you working on something prior to Santa Kind um, or did you meet through this company? Yeah, so um, Martika and I met, this was sort of at the tail end of Disinfect Connect, um, okay. as that was sort of winding down, the supply had started to catch up and demand um, had also dropped down a little bit. So we were looking at the the very quickly emerging sanitizer market, mm-hmm. uh, which had taken everyone, you know, for, for quite a spin, and it was coming together. And I was looking at sort of where everything was going and wanted to create a product that helped reduce single-use plastic and actually got in touch with Martika through our business advisor, had a mutual connection. We hit it off and um, we ended up partnering and looking into the market and decided to launch SantaKind on Kickstarter, uh, which is where we got our start. So we went from having a disinfection sort of yellow pages website to having a (laughs) modern hand sanitizer brand Mm -hmm. in about a month. uh, We switched really quickly, did prototypes with 3D printers uh, in the US. And this was when global trade was totally shut down and it was really difficult to get stuff from other countries. And so what we ended up doing was launching our Kickstarter with a very small budget and a very quick amount of time and ended up really putting all of our energy towards putting a video and a product together and launching it on Kickstarter really quickly. And we ended up hitting the go on Kickstarter in June. Nice. Yeah. He left out a lot of details that were like <laughs> fun though. The, so, so, and that one, we had never met each other in person for the first yeah. like four months which is crazy. And so Miles is 26, I'm 34. So there's just also just this gap of like who we are. We just don't, we had never met each other. It was kind of crazy, Mm -hmm. but we just work so well together. So I I feel like we're just so lucky to have found that. I feel like people who have known each other for years and start businesses sometimes don't find that working relationship, but we work great together. And what was wild was, you know, Miles has, has raised over 2 million on Kickstarter with Final Straw. Yeah, really, really amazing. And so his experience with that was just so invaluable. But we're doing this during a pandemic. So all of a sudden, sanitizer is banned on ads. So we couldn't get the word out about our Kickstarter. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that was wild in and of itself. But then there was also the civil unrest movement. Mm -hmm. And we were participating in marches and protests ourselves. And it was far more important to put that at the forefront and, you know, just quiet our noise of what we're doing to respect those movements. So we were delayed there. And then, of course, yeah, as Miles mentioned, the trade just being completely shut down. So just delay after delay and shortages, aluminum bottle shortages. It was it was wild. <laughs> so it's still very, very successful. We had over $360,000 in pre-orders. Wow. Um, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, we wanted to get it out as soon as possible. And, and mm-hmm. the delay was, was significant. So finally launched in November, right okay. before Black Friday. So it was, it was definitely an interesting experience launching a new product like this and mm-hmm. doing all your research and development as you were also creating the brand. I mean, we knew we wanted to create a, the most amazing spray bottle that can attach to your keychain, but typically doing something like that takes months and months and months of perfecting and changing your tooling and your manufacturing process and we didn't have that time because we needed to get this out 
as soon as possible because mm-hmm. people needed hand sanitizer now. So having that whole back and forth with our factories and manufacturing this while being separated, I couldn't go to the factory because of COVID protocols. So it was this really interesting experience of launching <laughs> yeah. a, a brand without even meeting your co-founder in person um, until you're, you've already launched it in person. So it, it was definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. That is interesting. And it's it's kind of fascinating that you were launching a product that is so timely with the pandemic. But because of that, everything's delayed, right? The materials oh, aren't yeah, there. Like that, that's so interesting there, right? You have so much interest, but you can't get it out because of the pandemic that you're trying to support and solve for. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And th- this whole aluminum bottle shortage, there was just all these things happening. And I, we're on the phone with the manufacturer. They're like, we're having trouble sourcing the bottles that we had picked out because there's none left because wow. aluminum stock is in shortage because every single Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, every bottle manufacturer has bought for the next two years up front because no one's going and drinking out of Uh, soda fountains and beer companies are stockpiling aluminum. So we're in this really interesting situation being a tiny business with no buying power for these large aluminum suppliers having to source bottles. And so it was definitely a lesson in in like global economics. Oh yeah, global economics (laughs) and trade and, you know, tariffs and like all the stuff was changing rapidly. um, And we had to figure a lot out, but we were uh, thankfully able to and uh, were able to get product, take it from just an idea in spring and have it shipped out in people's hands mm-hmm. by by winter. Yeah, we made wow. Christmas. Nice. Yeah, that's that's excellent. And these are such tough challenges to go through and overcome, especially at the beginning when you're trying to launch your business. So I'm curious what your backgrounds are and really what you bring to the business. It seems, uh, Miles, I know you mentioned Final Straw. So perhaps you already had like more entrepreneur experience kind of in that world. I'm just curious what you both bring and really where your backgrounds came from. Yeah, so Miles, he launched Final Straw. It, it's a the first reusable drinking straw. And that raised $2 million on Kickstarter. Uh, He was on Shark Tank with his founder. He was acknowledged as Inc.'s 30 under 30. So, and he's just an amazing inventor. The way his mind thinks is, it's phenomenal. He just, he thinks of something, he's like, well, I was doing this and I was doing that. And, you know, (laughs) and and I just never, you know, I think all of us, we have these, oh, I wish that this thing existed. And the way his mind works is, I'm going to invent that thing because I wish it in, it existed. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. And then I had had plenty of experience running people's business sort of alongside them and for them. I, I've grown lots of community engagement and management. And, and then I have a graduate degree in sustainability and a graduate degree in business. So we have these really nice complementary skills. And I think that, you know, you expect at some point that you kind of like arrive at knowing something. And we have certainly, I think our skill sets completely aid in us having a successful business and working together well, but nothing prepares you for for an early stage startup (laughs) let alone in a pandemic yeah so really i i would sort of uh mirror what martique was saying Mm -hmm. but the two assets that we bring is she's like the brains of the business and i'm in the back like tinkering (laughs) with stuff (laughs) and so uh no she's she's much more articulate than i am she's doing all of our copy but i'm designing Mm -hmm. everything and so having that and forth through product iteration I'm not colorblind, but I'm definitely <laughs> <He's> colorblind. <close>. <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> and uh, Martika was, you know, so helpful in helping pick the colors. And I was picking these 
what she says were horrible colors for the the minis <laughs> and our, our fonts and all that stuff. So she's been able to help with uh, all of that sort of high level stuff. And then I'll go in and, and really make everything work. And I'm on with operations and shipping and all of that. And so the two of us have been able to really take all of these different tasks and starting a business like this, when it's just two people, there's a lot to do. And uh, we're able to you know, launch this business. And we've shipped over about 45,000 units to date, wow. which has been really incredible. But 47,000 47, 47, <laughs> units. To date. I apologize. But doing that takes a lot to go mm-hmm. right. One thing goes wrong and you don't make it. So being able to get all of our operations in place and be able to pull it off was definitely a team effort. And I don't think either one of us on our own would have been able to launch yeah, this business. No yeah, you seem very complimentary to each other. And this partnership's reminding me of, I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans, but like Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, how she kind of <laughs> runs the business and Tony Stark's always in the basement. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> My husband and I are rewatching all those. Yeah, we're watching all those movies right now. I was like, wow, that's exactly who you guys are. (laughs) That's that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to make sure I asked, where do you ship your products? Is it all over the world, just the United States? Well, had we known this prior to starting SantaKind, we may have had second guesses, but you can't ship uh, sanitizer internationally because it oh. is a dangerous good. It's flammable. Oh, wow. It, yeah, because of its alcohol content. So we ship our minis worldwide. We, we've shipped mm-hmm. to over 40 countries, which has been phenomenal, and we're excited to make that difference. However, we can't ship our sanitizer to it. Mm-hmm. So we ship them empty. You can use any liquid sanitizer, so that's the nice part, and, and now that there's support everywhere that that hasn't seemed to be an issue yeah yeah but we ship internationally and and then of course domestically for the sanitizer refills excellent yeah that's that's cool though that you can use any sanitizer if people have like extra around their house right but want to start converting to that to your product of the reusable um, bottles they can use what they have in their house too they don't have to throw that all out for us, it's just about the impact. So if people want to mm-hmm. use whatever sanitizer, you know, great. But we, we have some if you need it. And sure. if we can't get it to you or you like your own, then you can still use the mini. That's great. And kind of going back to those challenges you faced as you were launching your business and pandemic aside, just all the all the challenges you face while running and starting your own business. Curious what advice you have for others, perhaps other small business owners or people who have an idea but aren't sure how to start their business, just kind of those top pieces of advice that come to mind. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would definitely say if it's something that needs more than one person, try to get someone who you really have complementary skills with. And I think that Martique and I sort of, you know, there was definitely a little bit of luck in us um, ending up on the phone and talking about this. And, you know, the stars definitely aligned a bit there. But when it comes to the team, that's that is the business. A business are the people who work Mm -hmm. for that business. So when it's such a small business, it's really important to have a really core team that's very much aligned on the mission, uh, understands what needs to happen to make that business mm-hmm. go. And something that I've found with this business for sure and my my past one with Final Straw is having this larger mission of single-use plastic reduction really just keeps everything going. And I, I swear there's more luck, there's more serendipity with all these things. People want to help out. People want to talk to you. You have a business that's solving a problem for that person, but it's also Mm -hmm. solving this larger societal problem and helping the environment. And when that happens and people understand that, everything just 
seems to go a little bit smoother uh, mm -hmm. and the door opens just a little bit wider and you can get your foot in in places that it might be a little bit more difficult to otherwise. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that you know you might find people we've definitely interviewed people or whether, you know, contractors that we've we've worked with where, you know, your gut just kind of feels like something's slightly off. And I think that there's just something to be said for like going with your gut. If you really like working with someone, then that makes all the difference. It's a difference between kind of having it feel like work constantly or play because we're, we work 70 hours a week consistently. We don't have our weekends back yet, but why? Because it, it we're making an impact. We're in touch with that. And our whole team is, and I, I say whole team, we're about 2.5 people, <laughs> <laughs> but all the contractors we work with and, mm -hmm. and everyone that we surround ourselves with, it's so critical. And you know, for us, I would say that personally, we, we each also, we're constantly looking at what we can improve and what we can fix. And I think that for a long time, we thought, oh, once we get this done, we'll have arrived or like something, you know, it, then it'll work or something. And it is that that never happens. <laughs> at least we haven't haven't found that that utopia. And I, I think that that's why we have been able to do this so quickly and, and love it so much is because there's always something else to fix and do and mm -hmm. improve. And we like that process. But you definitely have to love that part of the journey. Otherwise, you just are in a high anxiety state. Yeah. <laughs> <constantly>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all great pieces of advice here. Having that core team, whether it's one other person or five other people, right? Having that, that person you really vibe with and can create a friendship with as well as a partnership. And then I love that piece, Miles, on solving a personal problem for people, but also a bigger, perhaps more worldly problem, right? Mm -hmm. Where where a consumer can say, oh, great, I've been looking for this product, but also I know I'm contributing to something greater. You know, that makes people want to buy it even more um, because it fulfills them uh, personally and beyond that as well. And then, of course, that passion and drive, always always looking ahead on, on where you can evolve and take the business. And kind of on that topic, I'm interested in hearing your future milestones for Santa Kind. Is it, would you ever go into other reusable products? Like, is that on the horizon? In, or is it really just staying focused on the current products and getting them out there to as as many people as possible? Yeah, I mean, definitely a little bit of each. Martique and I were listening to this episode of uh, this podcast called How I Built This. And nice. we heard the one with uh, the founder of Swell Water Bottles. And we were listening to it. We're like, oh, my God, this is us. Except instead mm -hmm. of water bottles, it's sanitizer dispensers. <laughs> and we started to look into how to really grow and uh, what they did to grow what is a very saturated market of reusable water bottles and right. really become one of the the leaders in it. And I think that's really where we're trying to take Santa Kind is to grow this into a business that is, you know, some everyone's going to be carrying sanitizer with them from here mm -hmm. on out. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people. Yep. And having something that's reusable, looks good, you feel great using and can definitely be a bit of a, you know, it, it's a it's a conversation starter. It's this thing on your keychain. It looks different. You know, most people don't have something like this on their keychain. And being able to create a product like that and really help people make a little bit of a difference every day with, you know, a product that they're using continuously is really great. And what we've been able to do so far is uh, we have reclaimed the equivalent of about 118,000 plastic bottles from the wow. ocean. 
already to date. Yeah, uh, and this is wild. not even a year in business. And we've been able to also help prevent about 350,000 disposable sanitizer bottles from being purchased and then thrown away. And our goal is to save the equivalent of about 5 million plastic water bottles from the ocean. And we're definitely on the path to achieving that soon. So it's been really amazing to be able to launch a business and have such a warm reception and be able to get it into people's hands and be able to also help the environment at the same time. Yeah. I think what, what we want to continue to lean into if we have, we, we have specific goals, but we only were able to do this because people care and they care mm -hmm. about the environment and amidst a whole pandemic, they still wanted to care about the environment. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So our backers on Kickstarter, we have so many people that have given us such great ideas and feedback and involving them has been critical to our success. And we'll continue to do that. We have, you know, it's, it's very humbling at times when you, you screw up and and you, you do something wrong and people are like, no, I don't like that. But but I do like this. And how about this idea? And oh, I love this color. That one's not so great. And that's been amazing. And we want to continue to iterate and make new colors mm -hmm. and new new products that people really want and use. So we definitely have some products that we're, we're thinking up and becoming a B Corp is really important to us and mm -hmm. climate neutral. We're already, we're already part of 1% for the planet. So that means that 1% of our Profits go towards an environmental nonprofit, and there's there's volunteering. It's really wonderful. It was started by the founder of Patagonia, and then you know, really specifically, short term, we're we're starting to raise money, which is exciting, especially as a female founder. You know, the odds are are against us mm -hmm. when it comes to that that realm. And I, I personally love a challenge. <laughs> so we're excited for that, but that's going to enable us to come out with those new prints and then expand into retail and hire out a, a great team. So mm -hmm. it's exciting times for us. Definitely. And yeah, Miles, those numbers you shared are incredible. And to your point, not even being a year in, that's, that's amazing. And it, yeah, it just seems you both just have the very focused and driven mindset and you truly understand what your mission is right deep into into your core into your heart and just taking that and keeping that front of mind with everything you do I think that's one of the best things you can do for a business is just to have that mission and stay focused on it and that's it's so clear that you are both driven by that one mission and I think that's incredible and will just take you so far and and impact the world in in great ways so it's it's just incredible to hear Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And so I know you mentioned too that right now you're working, you know, 70 plus hour weeks, more of a kind of a more fun life question, but just interested in knowing if you found any best practices of balancing work, life, family, other hobbies, etc. Because I'm sure it's easy to never shut it off, um, the Santa kind part of your brain, but is there ways you are able to shut it off when you need to recharge? Just just interested if you have any best practices there. Yeah, definitely a learning curve for us. I'd say like really know what makes you happy. If you're going to have this big thing that takes up 70 hours of your week, there is only so much time and you kind of have to cut the fat off your life of things that don't serve you. So like Miles was just paragliding on Friday afternoon. He <laughs> loves working from abroad. He loves inventing things. So I always know he had a good, like a good time away from Santa Kind when he's like, Well, I was thinking of inventing this thing and like, you know, selling it to so and so and they could, you know, and it's it's hysterical. I'm like, oh phew, he's he's doing well. <laughs> and then for me, it's like I love to go on short trips and adventures and 
you know, I'm going to Costa Rica to go to on surf retreat this spring later, and I love gardening and home projects. So, so that to me is what makes me really happy. And so we sort of cut out the other things that don't quite serve us and double down on those things that make us really happy. And that way you end up living this really fulfilled life. And I think also Miles and I are, are not great at celebrating our wins. We've had some incredible wins. You know, it's like you're featured in Forbes and Authority Magazine wow. and BuzzFeed and, you know, this much plastic and and uh, saved. And, and there's so many wins that we've had or like, you know, we're, we're, we just launched a new website and new colors. And to us, it's like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? It's, mm-hmm. it's Sometimes we forget to even say congratulations to each other on the phone or on Zoom before thinking about all the other things we have to do. So... One thing I think we've gotten better at is just really nurturing a practice of gratitude for what we've done. And it's it's like, it's actually, when I sit back and think about it, I get moved, like truly like moved to tears of gratitude of how much we've accomplished in the short time that we've, we've started this. And I think if you can do that amongst things, you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is a journey. I'm doing okay. Like you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> it's okay. So that's been, been really important. Yeah. But at, at the same time, we've, we've made so many mistakes. It's, <laughs> incredible how many mistakes we've made and we, we've still been able to to have these th- these things that we're like oh we should be congratulating ourselves for these other things too mm-hmm. so i think it's being um you know it, it it's so humbling starting a business it really is not easy no matter what business you're getting into and having the ability to to like bring your friends and family into that to have that support yeah. from everyone that you know to really put yourself out there as like i am running this business and this is what everyone knows I'm doing right now. And having having that drive to to really make something successful, it takes a lot, but celebrating. It takes a village. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of people. I, to... I absolutely hate, like I think Miles too, like we kind of hate being in the limelight. And that said, you know, my, com- my community, I just, you know, on Instagram, I have like a very humbling following. I never thought of it as a following, you know, just they're all just my friends. Right. You know, saying that I'm launching this Kickstarter, I had been in sustainability consulting you know, like, like a, I had massive fortune 100 companies and now all of a sudden I'm launching a Kickstarter. People mm-hmm. are like, what are you doing? But so <laughs> many people came out of the woodwork and purchased our product and then you get feedback from them and then they introduce you to so-and-so and, you know, they've got businesses. So you pick their brain and look over this or that. And, and that community is just anyone who's interested in starting a company. Don't shy away from that. Really lean into to your community because they'll be there for you when you know when you make a mistake they'll pat you on the back and when you have something great they'll shout from the rooftops like it's it's phenomenal we're, we're forever mm-hmm. indebted yeah i think that's one of the biggest themes um in interviewing guests on my podcast is you know when they're giving ad- pieces of advice it's always about that community aspect and just how supportive and valuable that can be right whether it's a community of similar products that you're selling like in that same industry or it's just other business owners or even if the you know small business owner is a mom right just having a community of moms to talk to like to talk through that part of your life it's just yeah always focused on the community I think that's great advice there and I also really loved the celebrating the wins and I think also celebrating the mistakes right because either way it's a lesson learned you can now make your business better because you made that mistake so just taking the time to pause and almost embracing the moment you're in, I think 
that's so important. And as a society, we don't do that, right? Whether no. whether you're running your yeah. own business or not, right? Like I have a, a corporate classic nine to five job and I don't do that either. It's always on to the next project. Like as soon as you're done with one, great, what's next? And we just need to pause more. So I, I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's such a good point. I mean, I didn't really think about that too much, but we really were never allowed to make mistakes. You know, as a kid, you're not allowed to make a mistake as, you know, in your corporate jobs, it's, you know, you always you're being judged and and promoted based on how much you do well and right and perfect and better than someone else. But but honestly, being able to just sit back and kind of laugh and and, you know, I don't know if we're there about celebrating our mistakes. (laughs) Some of them have been pretty costly, but, but, you know, it's also just kind of funny and, and, you know, you look back and it's just, you, you have to expect it. And I think that's the thing is like, we've expected mistakes to happen Mm -hmm. and we continue to do so. So, you know, you get better at, at mitigating those, but when they do happen, it's, it really is part of the ride. Like the sooner you fail, the sooner you can succeed and get on with things. And, and I, I have to say, Miles and I think are really, like we don't, I'm not going to beat him up if he makes a mistake. And I never feel like he's going to beat me up if I have a mistake. Of course, I mean that figuratively <laughs> um, and literally, um, but, but <laughs> definitely both. <laughs> but but that's I'm been, covered in bruises. Yeah, no. <laughs> we hug it out. It's 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 totally been that's like that's the game changers. You get to like you know be creative and and screw up and and move mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so. and 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 part of the whole mistake thing is when it's your own business, it's oh, your mistake, and you're your own boss, yeah. and yeah. you're the you know. So it's yeah. it's not like you're gonna have someone yelling at you from yeah. upper management. It is uh, it's your mistake, and you're gonna upset mm-hmm. some customers. Yeah, really one step at a time there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know you brought up that when it's your own mistake, right? There's not going to be anyone, you know, they're yelling at you or or whatnot. And I think that's almost the saying of like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, right? That hits like so much harder, right? There's no one who's really angry at you. You're more just disappointed in yourself. And I can imagine that's very hard to get over. So it's just it was interesting that that you brought that up that almost extreme ownership piece can be very difficult when it is it is just you and your partner there yeah totally well, moving on to more happier question here. We don't need to continue diving down the mistakes. <laughs> the uh, last big question I always end my episodes with, and I'd love to hear from both of you is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And of course, it can be about your business or it can be about a completely different topic. Just kind of the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you what your proudest accomplishment is. I think it's our sustainability. Like, I think mm-hmm. that that's just, it's it's really nice to be so connected to the difference that we make. As someone who, you know, I, I, I have worked in remote parts of the world working on waste management policies for countries. And I felt like I was really connected then. And when I worked in corporate sustainability, I, I didn't feel that connected. I kind of felt like I wasn't pushing the needle forward. And in this business, I feel so proud of saying that we quite literally have reclaimed this much plastic that was going to be in the ocean forever, you know, and it just continues to grow and that we're preventing this much from going into a landfill. Mm-hmm. That feels really, really great. And that's what what keeps us going. And then being able to kind of pivot on a personal level, be able to p- pivot in a time. I was really scared. Um, I had been let go at the beginning of the pandemic and and just kind of couldn't believe it. And, you know, I have my student loans and being mm-hmm. able to pivot quickly and stay true to what what means a lot to me and what I've been working for 
yeah, I'm kind of, it's one of those like, oh, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. about you, Miles? I mean, the sustainability thing is definitely up there. But on top of that, I think my biggest accomplishment with this that I feel personally is that we took a, an idea in the midst of the world crashing down and turned it into a product and were able to get a physical product with a complicated supply chain of plastic being collected in Haiti and manufactured and shipped to a customer in what like nine months yeah. without you know with so much happening with zoom being the main means of communication you can't check things out in person you can't you can't even meet your co-founder two states away for months and i remember the first product that had landed in someone's hand we had our first stuff start going out for our kickstarter backers and I got the shipping notification that the first package had been delivered. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling Martika. I'm like, we did it. <laughs> we, we went from idea and now it's like someone has and not the only that, first but one. People love it. And yeah. they liked yeah. it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, after like five months or more than that, you're like sitting on the edge of your seat, like, oh my gosh, this is, what if people hate it? Yeah. We didn't just really think about that. Oh my God, what if they hate it? <laughs> Don't they love it? Yeah. So, so, so bringing it from idea to reality mm -hmm. uh, in, in record time with a limited budget and a few very dedicated people I think is just a massive accomplishment yeah I mean just congratulations on those accomplishments and just everything you've done so far with Santa kind and I'm really looking forward to seeing where where it goes and where you take it and just that impact increasing and those numbers increasing I, I'm really looking forward to following your journey further and yeah thank you so much for sharing your journey thank you well, we'll have to get you we're launching new colors we'll have to get you our new colors oh yeah that'd be awesome that sounds so fun uh, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing all the new ones that that come out and you know before we sign off here of course where can people find you and Santa kind social medias website shout them all out yeah, so SantaKind.com. We just um, we're, we sort of did a relaunch because we came to market so quickly. Um, Miles designed the website and it was great. And then we got to take a step back and kind of recalibrate who is our audience, what do they want to see, and and um, so we're really proud of our new website. And then on Instagram, you can find us at SantaKind Official. Um, we have tons of sustainability tips and collaborations and lots of giveaways and funny memes. Our memes are by sustainability memes. <laughs> Nothing like a sustainability meme, you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, come follow along. It's exciting, and and um, I'm on there once in a while, chatting about small business stuff and and doing my own giveaway of just my sustainability journey. I think it's it's so difficult to find products that are effective and sustainable, and and we certainly aim to be that. But I think, you know, there's so many people that are playing in this arena, and we just like supporting fellow responsible businesses. So, so I sort of try and make our content really a value add across the board. Excellent. Well, I hope everyone checks out Santa kind on social media and their website and, and tries them out. And again, thank you so much, Miles and Martika for speaking with me today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This was so fun. We appreciate it. And um, yeah, it's just such a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Alexa.